0: Praise the Lord. Resurrection Sunday today. Glory be to God. He is risen indeed today. Welcome to Dominion Sonship Live. What a glorious day. What a glorious day to be alive. And it's just so amazing how because of our persuasion of faith, we can believe such a message that is truly foolishness to the world. Paul writes that the cross is foolishness to the world. And to us, it's the power unto salvation. To us, the message of the cross is the power of the Lord, of, of God himself that brings about a transformation divine. And so we are celebrating the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And my title for today is The Spirit of Resurrection Lives in You. The Spirit of Resurrection lives in you. We started the theme of the Holy Spirit last week. We're transitioning from the mind of Christ and we recognize that the mind of Christ is truly the mind of Father God that Jesus walked in and that now this expression of the mind of God is presented to us by the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is the part of the Trinity that is here on earth. That He is really the Spirit of the Father and the Spirit of Christ. Because the three are one, and this is the mystery of the Trinity. The mystery of the Trinity is that there are three persons in one divine reality, God. God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And we know that Resurrection Sunday is when, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Father God resurrected His Son from from hell itself. And so let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 12. The spirit of resurrection lives in you. 1 Corinthians 15, 12. This is the core message of Christianity. Without a resurrection, there's really no eternal life. Without a resurrection, there's really no hope for stepping from this realm of earthly existence into a heavenly existence. We will be doomed in hell forever. We'll be, we'll be the, the minions of Satan forever. Without the resurrection of God triumphantly raising up his son from the grave, there is really no walk of victory on earth. We'll be forever enslaved under Satan's dominion. But that domain of sin has been destroyed through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he died, he became sin. And at that moment, he went down to the pit of hell and defeated every power, every principality, triumphed over them. And not just triumphed, but he came out, mightily up out of the grave. And as weak as he came up, all of us were risen up to brand new life. So 1 Corinthians 15, 12, this is Paul writing. Now, if Christ is preached, that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, this is the core message of Christianity. If Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. And if faith is empty, yes, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we are testifying of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. Verse 16, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. If there's no such thing as a resurrection from the dead, then Christ cannot be risen. And if Christ is not risen, then we have no hope. Then what we believe is pure foolishness. 16, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. That's the power of resurrection. Because he was raised from the dead, we're no longer in our sins. So what's my proof of new reality? What's my proof of, of resurrection life living in me, the spirit of might and power dwelling within me? It's his resurrection. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ, if, if there was no resurrection from the dead, then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. There's no hope for them. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, if it's only for now that we have hope in Christ, we are of all men to be most pitied. Of all men, the most pitiable. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has come, has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, since by man, that's referring to Adam, came death. When he partook of that deception of Satan, he sinned and death came in and by man also came the resurrection of the dead because Jesus was the son of man. He was Jesus of Nazareth, the boy of Mary. So as death came through man, so that the resurrection from the dead also came through man. For as in Adam all die, in Adam all die, in our carnal state, if we're not born again, the only consequence to this life is death because the penalty of sin is death. And so there's really no hope to come up and out of the power and the snatch of sin if Jesus did not come up from the grave. If Jesus did not come up from the grave, we'll be forever slaves to sin. But no more are we because Jesus did resurrect indeed. For as in Adam all die, this is quite powerful actually because this is our Christian hope. Our Christian hope is that I'm coming up and out of every single grave that the enemy has prepared for me. The hope and the triumph of Christianity is as he was raised up, I have with him been raised up to a brand new place in the heavenly realm and as he dwells there, I am now in him and I dwell there and because I'm far above now where Jesus is in this resurrected place of dominion and power, the right hand of of God on high, I am there and I'm far above every power and principality and every ache and every pain and every fatigue and every foul lie, I'm far above it and if Jesus is it not raised? And that what I just said. It's empty. It is in vain. We have no solid foundation to have a cheer of a joy in this world. Our joy is the resurrection from the dead. Our hope is the resurrection from the dead. Because through this man, the Lord Jesus Christ, life came in. All have been made alive. If we jump over the same chapter to verse 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. Why? Because God breathed into his nostril the breath of life. And in that moment, what happened? Adam received life and he became a living being. He became alive, alive in the state of God, alive. Alive with the very life of God, alive. Alive where every part of you is totally alive and awake and fully aware of of this brand new reality of life and love. Alive. The last Adam, that is Jesus, became what? A life-giving spirit. How did he become a life-giving spirit? Because through him, all became alive. When he laid down his life and then picked up his life, as he picked up his life, he was what? The first fruit of many brethren, he became the firstborn of many brethren. He was the first to become born again, and because he he burst into this new spiritual existence of life and aliveness, he gave us life. That uh, what does Romans say? Let's uh, keep your finger. I'm not finished here. I just want to go to Romans six. We've looked at this verse before. Verse. Um, for therefore we were buried with him through baptism, we died with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, which we know is the Holy Spirit, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And that's why the word says that Jesus, this Last Adam became a life-giving spirit. And because now this last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, lives in us, we're no longer just mere flesh and blood Adams. We are now Christ's divine life christians we we are now in the very expression of divine life and so we now therefore not are we just living spirits where we have become life-giving spirits that we can now carry this message of reconciliation that we can now be partaker of divine nature and and through this divine nature call out to the world and say come and be reconciled to the Father be born again, and at that moment, we're imparting life, we are imparting triumph, we're imparting resurrection. If we go back to, uh, let's say 46, how in First Corinthians 15, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust, that's the first man, Adam. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And as was the man of dust, so as was Adam, the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. That's what humanity is. Adam's. And as is the heavenly man who is Jesus, the Lord from heaven, right? So also are those who are heavenly. So are also those that are born from above. So are those now that are his heavenly. 49, and as we have bore the image of the man of dust, as we have bore the image in our humanity of Adam, the word says, let us now also bear the image of the heavenly man. And so we now really bear the image of the heavenly man. What did he say to to Jesus? What did Jesus say to Martha before the raising of Lazarus? I am the resurrection. And so when we bear the image of the heavenly, we're bearing The image of resurrection. Because resurrection now lives inside of us. What does it mean for resurrection to live inside of us? Actually, let let me finish, uh, just a couple more verses here. Verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's what it means. For, the, for for resurrection to live in us is that we're now part of the kingdom of God because flesh and blood cannot inherit. The first Adam who is of the dust cannot. Dust cannot inherit. Corruption cannot inherit incorruption. We are immortal. Mortality cannot inherit immortality. So dust cannot inherit the heavenly. To be part of the kingdom of God, we must be born again because corruption cannot inherit incorruption. And so uh, 51, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the lost trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hate, where is your victory? We are fully delivered from that sting of death and from the victory of hell. We have triumphed over it through this resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. First Peter, let's go to first Peter one resurrection life lives in us resurrection life lives every day, every day, every day not just resurrection time, we have to be mindful resurrection life, the greater one the, the one that was raised from the dead lives in me now the resurrection life lives in me and I'm dawning immortality, I'm putting out incorruptibility I'm in the very image bearing the image of the heavenly here on earth verse 3 so first peter 1 3 blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope we have a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ if jesus was not raised from the dead there would be no living hope if jesus was not raised from the dead there will be absolutely no way out of the snare of the devil. If we think we have it hard now some days, we have no idea what it will be like to walk without a living hope, to be fully enveloped in the doom of Satan, with no light, to live life in sheer darkness, to live a life groping in the dark, wishfully thinking that maybe at some point someone can maybe rescue us, but we now in Christ, the Christian, has the highest uh, uh, affirmation or affirmative expression of living hope. We have an assurance of resurrection because we have become born again through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. Resurrection power that lives in us is keeping us, preserving us to the very last day. To the very last day. Not just for today. But for my tomorrow and the day after, I want to look at the word resurrection. I've looked into this word and I love it so much because I said last time I read this, that there is a sassy in this word and Jesus is that sassy. Glory be to God. So the word resurrection is anastasis in the Greek language. It's pronounced Anastasis, like I just said, it is the underlying New Testament Greek word used in this verse, 1 Peter 1, 3. And it may be the most powerful word in Christianity, the word resurrection. Let's say resurrection, one of the most powerful words in Christianity, Resurrection. Resurrection. We're coming up and out. Resurrection lives in us. Life. God divine lives in us. In us, that spirit raising from the dead lives in us. Resurrection lives in us. And so this word might be one of the most powerful words regarding our salvation. It is translated resurrection. The word resurrection has its origins in the late latin from the verb research meaning to rise again nice word however i really like this powerful word and its literal meaning the greek word in the new testament text anastasis is compounded of two greek words to stand which is stasis and up which is anna yes Literally, it means to stand up, to stand up. You probably thought the resurrection was just speaking of Jesus Christ coming back to life, coming back to life, awakened, right? Yes, indeed, He has. But this phrase also means that He literally, literally walked out from being surrounded by dead corpses. And dead people, the dead. He just stood up in the midst of deadness. He just stood up. He says, I am the king of glory. He just stood up. He stood up. And so today, through this resurrection message, recognizing who lives is the one that stood up. The one that stood up. And so we can stand up today. We can stand up today in that stance, in that stasis that he stood in which is really the love of God. The love of God raised him from the dead. The love of God didn't want to see him suffer corruption. The love of God would not forsake his son in hell. The love of God called his son up and out of hates. By the mighty power of the hand of God, by the mighty Holy Spirit, the love of God came and brought forth divine life a new expression of life that never was unheard before, resurrected life. Now a life-giving life. Not just a living life, but we are now a life-giving life. We are imparting life. We are imparting light. We are imparting strength through the words that we speak. We are imparting God. There are words, not just mere words. They're not just mere words. I hope you do better. I hope you recover from this. No, our words are words of confidence that if he was raised from the dead, I too am coming up and out of every situation. I cannot be stuck in the midst of dead corpse. I cannot be stuck in the midst of a dead moment. I cannot be stuck in the midst of a moment that is telling me you do doomed forever. I have a living hope that I am now part of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, where is the Holy Spirit? Where is now the kingdom of God? What does Jesus say? The kingdom of God is where? Within you. Who lives in you? Who lives in us? The Holy Spirit lives in us. The Spirit of might and power. The Spirit, I love what Isaiah 11, the one that was on Jesus, is not only on us, he's in us now. 11 1, Isaiah, There shall come forth a rod, a rod, from the stem of Jesse, a rod. He is a rod. He is my backbone. He is my stance, a stance of resurrection life, a stance of immovability abounding always in the work of the Lord. Lord, a stand of a full persuasion that if God be for me, if this rod from the stem of Jesse lives in me, I'm not going to budge from this persuasion. No man can ensnare me and no foul devil can snatch me out of the hands of the love of God. Because he died for me. Not only he died, but he rose again for all of us. That we might have a living hope, a living confidence, a divine assurance. So there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge of the fear of the Lord. This is the mighty Holy Spirit that rested on Jesus. And if we go to Luke, is it 24, the tail end of the book of Luke? Where is he now? The spirit of might and counsel. And that word might is strength. It describes a proven warrior. Actually, that word might is used in the context of David's mighty man. David's mighty men walked in the spirit of counsel and might. The Holy Spirit so anointed David and his mighty men with the spirit of might. We are now the mighty men and women of God. Look, I'm going to look, not get distracted here. Luke 24, the end. Uh, Let's go to 46. He said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And this is it. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I sent the promise of my Father upon you, But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued, or that word is clothed with power from on high, until you are empowered with the might of the Holy Spirit. So then we can go to the book of Acts and we see that. So we saw in Isaiah that the spirit of might and counsel rested on Jesus. So here we have the book of Acts, the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all, all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, suddenly there came a sound. This is the promise of the Father that Jesus spoke to them for to tritary in Jerusalem until they endured with power because they were called to be a witness. They're called to be a witness a witness of power to the message of Christ, to the message of forgiveness of sins, to the message of resurrection. There suddenly came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues, and that's apportioned, apportioned, given to them tongues as of fire, and one sat and sat. Upon each of them rested, that word sat is actually the fire of God rested on them. The way it rested on Jesus and the way in Luke 4, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit had anointed him to preach this gospel, to do the works of miracles, that this this anointing of the Holy Spirit, he himself, Father God, who is spirit, has been given to us, to now make us disciples and witnesses of this divine power of resurrection. Resurrection life. This is the good news. You're not stuck in a situation. You're not stuck in the fallenness of humanity. You're not stuck in the doom and gloom of hopelessness. But there is a way of escape. There is resurrection from the dead. The resurrection always follows Good Friday. And that's why it's Good Friday. Because he died for us. So we can now live this divine life. If we go to Acts 1, the words of Jesus. Uh, let's go for. And being assembled together with them, that is Jesus, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said you have heard from me for john truly baptized with water but you shall be baptized you shall be baptized with the holy spirit you'll be baptized with that Fire of tongues that will just rest on you. It will just stay on you. It will never leave you, it will never forsake you. It just it remains in you. Not only is it resting, but it's remaining in you forever. It is a seal. Last week we talked about it being the seal, the guarantee of God for this divine inheritance that we are now his children forevermore. And so we've been baptized with the Holy Spirit and with the fire and with power that he walked in. When we read in the book of Acts chapter 10 that he he walked under this anointing of the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. The word, when to look at the word of the spirit of might that we saw in Isaiah 11, that word might is actually Geburah um, in the Hebrew language and it is courage. This is who he is in us. This spirit of might is courage, might, mighty, mighty acts, mighty deeds. He's the performer of God. The Holy Spirit is the performer of God. Uh, Mighty strength, power, and triumph is another expression of that spirit of might. That he now lives inside of us. Let's go to Ephesians 1. And that's where we can understand the heart of Paul in his prayers, that we would know this power, that we would know this might, that we would know this divine experience of resurrection life here on earth. You go to Ephesians 1, I read something in in Acts. I want to read something in Acts, but you go to Ephesians 1. This is the sermon on the day of Pentecost uh, regarding Jesus of Nazareth, uh, him, this is two uh, Acts 2.23, him being delivered by the determined purpose, this was the very will of God, by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and put to death whom God raised up, whom God raised up, no matter what people do to you, God's determined purpose will prosper in your life. Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. It is not possible that we we'll be held by these cords of death. And in verse 33, same chapter, Therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this spirit, which you now see and hear. He poured out his spirit upon us and now we can go to Ephesians one sixteen This is Paul, not ceasing to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now that is the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of you understanding, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Well, we know the hope of his calling is really what Paul writes in the book of Romans, that that we are now being filled by the Holy Spirit in all hope. That truly the God of all hope has poured out His hope in us by the Holy Spirit. So we know this divine hope of this calling, the riches of the glory of His inheritance. We know the Holy Spirit has sealed us for this divine inheritance in the saints. And 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? And that's dunamis towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Mighty, we've looked at this word iskos. That's that, that, um, the force of God, the dominion of God. His mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That we know this resurrection life that lives inside of us. Why is resurrection so big? Because this is my only assurance of coming up and out. This is my only assurance that I'm a partaker of divine life. This is my only assurance that I've escaped the enslavement of sin and death. This is my only assurance that I am now born again. I'm born again by the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8 says the same thing pretty much. We have a hope and we have an answer, and that is resurrection life. Resurrection life. Who lives in me? Who lives in me? Who lives in me? God, the resurrector, lives in me. The one that says, I am the resurrection, lives in me. The one that says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, lives in me. The tribe of the Christian message is this resurrection. And now the Holy Spirit is communicating this truth, lest we fall asleep and forget who lives in us. Romans 8, 9, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ, anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, He is not His. And if Christ is in you, The body is dead. What is my hope for life? Christ's spirit in me. Otherwise, if Christ's spirit is not in me, the body is dead. I'm as good as dead. There's no hope. There's no hope. There's no living hope. There's no even potentially wishful thinking. We are doomed and we'll know it. We'll know it. The we are enslaved to death forever. But in Christ now, I am delivered out of this death situation. Because Jesus did what? Anastasis. He stood up. He stood up. He got up. He awoke and got up. And defeated. Defeated every power, every principality. Not only did he just barely wake up and make it out of hell, he defeated, he triumphed over them mightily by the mighty Holy Spirit and walked out with the keys of dominion in his hands that he has now given to us, the body of Christ. And if Christ is in you, verse 10, and He is in us, Christ is in us, then the the body is dead because of sin. That's the flesh, man. But the Spirit is life. You see, my life now in Christ, I'm not dependent on my flesh and blood sustenance. I'm dependent on the sustenance and the life of God that is in me, the Holy Spirit. I'm now my expression of life is not so much what my heart pump can, can can do for me, but it's what Christ has done for me. Because my flesh is dead because of sin, but now I'm alive because the Spirit of Christ lives in me. What's my assurance of recovery? Because Christ lives with me by the Holy Spirit. What is my, my assurance? I'm coming. Should I go by the way of the grave? Should Jesus dare it? That I'm coming out of the grave. It is this uh, life of resurrection that lives in me. And it is really now my life here on earth as well. Infused. That's why it says wait until you're endued with power from above. Tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with the power from above. I give you the promise of my Father; i will never leave you as orphans. But I'll come to you. Jesus says in the Book of John. How he said, you know, I'm 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 going away now, but I'm going to send you the Comforter. I'm going to send you the Paraclete. What a powerful word, the Paraclete, the Comforter, the Advocate, the legal mind of God. The love of God, the comforter, the wisdom of God, the guide. I'll give you the paraclete, Jesus said. He said, and I'll come to you. How does Jesus come to us? By the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit, He lives in us. The Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of Jesus. The Spirit is life because of righteousness. Let's return again. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit in me now is life because of righteousness. Who lives in me is life. Resurrection life lives in me now, 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 now. And because of it, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead, that's the Holy Spirit dwells in you, if the spirit of might and power and resurrection life lives in you, he who raised Christ from the dead is also quickening your mortal body, every legos, every cell, every blood moment. This the, the energy, the energy of, of God himself by the Holy Ghost is living in energy. that you boldly be a witness to the living Christ within you that you now express divine light unto the world that you now impart light unto the ones that come across you You path, that you be a divine encourager and a divine strengthener to the brethren there will be no more feeble knees But you walk upright before God. And you help many walk upright before God because of the one of resurrection life that lives in you. Because if he raised him from the dead, and we know he did. That's why I started with Paul in 1 Corinthians 15. If he didn't raise from the dead, then this message is in vain. It's empty. It's shallow. Don't listen to it. But we know that there is a resurrection from the dead and that Christ rose and as he rose, we arose. Glory be to God. And he's coming back as a glorious king at the sound of the trumpet. And we shall be changed with a twinkling of an eye. Be just like him. Brand new bodies to match this divine reality that we have been walking out here on earth. There will be a body that would match this resurrected life that we're living right now here on earth. There is a body prepared for us. To match this transformation that we're undergoing right now. For this body, this mortal body, cannot inherit immortality. And so, this is my confidence is resurrection living in me. My confidence is that life divine now lives in me. That I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer under the, the sting of death and the victory of hell. Oh, hell, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? None, none, none there. But he has triumphed over mightily. And in this triumph, we have triumphed. Because now this triumph of Christ of resurrection lives where? In us and is what doing? giving life to our mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Your health is the Holy Spirit. Your health is the Holy... I mean, do you supplement as he leads you to? Do you, you supplements? Uh, live a healthy life as he leads you to? But I'm telling you, your life, your health is the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. That is your energy. That is your strength. That's your hope. That is your life. There is no other life but the life of God in you. And should He dare and we go by the way of the grave? It doesn't matter. And we're not going to even taste that. We won't even taste it. We'll just step from here to over there. Resurrection life that had me here has me there. Glory be to God. Okay, one more. We'll finish with one more. Paul's writing. Paul's writing. It's 2 Corinthians 13, I believe. We we'll looked at this verse before. Resurrection Sunday, there's no higher reality than this Anastasis that he got up and out. He woke up. And as he woke up, we woke up. Here we are, the triumphant ones of God now. I love it, Anastasis. Even in, in um, Acts 2 about the flames of fire that separated our portions and that came to rest over us, that word to rest is we looked at it, it's to, to settle, It's settled. He has settled on us. He's fully settled on us. He is not, he's not slightly, he's not gonna get up and leave you now. Tongues of fire have settled on you and have encapsulated you, the seal of the Holy Ghost. Fire in and fire out, just like God is. What is it? Fire from the loins down and fire from the loins up. Fire in, fire without. I can start the message now. 2 <laughs> Corinthians thirteen, four. For, for though he was crucified, the Lord Jesus Christ, for though he was crucified in weakness, because he was in the flesh crucified, right, Jesus, yet he lives, what? By the power of God. Who is the power of God? The Holy Spirit. What did he say? That you've been jured with power from on high. Who came on the day of Pentecost as an answer to that prayer? Holy Spirit. So now Jesus lives by the power of God. But look what Paul writes thereafter. For we also, you and me, you and me, you and me, the brethren, we are, for we also are weak in him because we read in Romans 8 that the flesh is dead because of sin. That's weakness. The outer shell, the clay pot. Don't survey the clay pot. Survey the treasure within you. The treasure within you is keeping the clay pot intact. The treasure within you, mighty Holy Ghost, is keeping it intact. You will not break. You will not be destroyed, no matter the pressure. You will not cave in because your confidence is the power of God by which he lives and now we live. Let's finish the verse here. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. Paul is writing here on earth. I, Paul, and my companions are living with the power of God towards you, Corinthians. This is in the here and now. The way Jesus is now living by the power of God, after his crucifixion, being raised again by the Holy Spirit, we have the very same life. And though there might be, Frailty on the outer man. That's not my emphasis. That is not my vision. That is not what I look on. I look on the one that lives in me. The very life of God that we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. And so today we live by the power of God. Mighty, holy spirit. The spirit of might glorious resurrection. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Glory be to God. Amen.